Today's episode is brought to you by Relevant Digital, proudly presenting Relevant Yield. Hey, publishers and sales networks, ever dreamed of managing pre-bid without breaking a sweat? How about real-time performance analytics, total SSP control, consolidated revenue reporting, and overall efficiency to supercharge your ad sales? Well, dream no more. Introducing Relevant Yield, the unified platform for programmatic sellers an independent solution that develops with the industry trends, showing you the way to the bright media sales future. Get to know us, and soon you'll wonder how you got along without. And here's the kicker. Mention this podcast, and we'll send you the trendiest socks in town. Learn more by visiting relevantyield.com. This is AdTech God, and this is a disclosure. Please note that all guests featured on the AdTech God pod are invited to participate. Do not pay in any form to appear on the show. However, guests may be sponsors of the AdTech God community, the AdTech Forum, or other product offerings. Welcome to the AdTech God Pod, your window into the world of advertising technology and the people behind it. I'm your host, AdTech God. Welcome, AdTech enthusiasts, to another episode of the AdTech God Pod. I am your host, AdTech God. This podcast focuses on the people who drive innovation, growth, and standardization for our industry. This podcast has always been about the people and will always be about the people. Today, we have a guest known by many, none other than Anthony Ketzer from the IAB Tech Lab. His friends call him Tony. Tony brings a wealth of experience and insight to the Ad Tech God Pod. Tony's career is a roadmap of success in advertising technology companies. He's been a driving force at some of the most innovative companies in our industry. Most recently, his tenure at IEB Tech Labs has been marked by groundbreaking initiatives, pushing the boundaries of digital advertising standards and practices. His leadership in developing new technologies and policies has profoundly influenced how digital advertising operates at a global scale. Before his remarkable work at the IEB Tech Lab, Tony held key positions at companies like Nexstar, MediaMath, and DoubleClick. At each of these companies, he was instrumental in steering digital strategy and growth. But beyond his impressive resume, Tony's real talents lie in his forward-thinking approach to ad tech. He's a leader who understands the intricate balance between technology, user experience, and effective advertising. His insights into programmatic advertising, data privacy, and emerging tech have made him a sought-after thought leader in our field. I'm happy to introduce my guest. Tony, welcome to the Ad Tech God Pod. Thank you very much, AdTech God. I am very excited to be here, and I love the uh, I love the work you've been doing uh, over the past three years. But particularly, these podcasts have been deeply informative and also entertaining. I think that's my goal. I, I think the goal is you know open, candid conversation with people, understanding their stories, sharing their insights. I think it's important. I think it's important that we talk, and and a lot of these types of conversations that I have with with you and and our guests, many people just don't get access to it in a lot of the events that are out in the market. So I think just being candid and open is, is really key for us to uh, share the knowledge. I agree. Tony, I start every podcast with how people got into the industry. How did you get into ad tech? Because I see you started way back. I don't want to say way back, but... I went to way back. <laughs> to double click. <laughs> oh, it's, it's way back uh, for sure. I got into this industry, so I was... I was working on FedEx right around, I think they, they, we'd already acquired Kinko's. So the FedEx Kinko's 
network of, you know, their shipping warehouses, their shipping centers, as well as their print centers back when printing documents was still a really big thing. And I worked on their systems. So I did a lot of, um, you know, their network and their systems architecture and systems integration. So while I was there, a recruiter reached out to me. My background is in networking, system administration, you know, and I, you know, I, I definitely did my fair share of programming and C plus plus, but I was never a great programmer. I was always a better systems guy. And a recruiter reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in working in the internet advertising space. And I was like, wait, there's advertising on the internet. And they introduced me to this little company called Net Gravity. And I interviewed with Net Gravity and I interviewed with the whole team there. It was Aaron Mittman, Tom Deerline, Dave Fall. And, um, they you know, made me an offer to join uh, the sales engineering team. So, you know, that blend of business and tech, which I thought was really appealing and kind of got me out of a, a bash shell. I thought, well, this could be really interesting. Let's give this a go. And that's how I got my start. I think if I wasn't the last, I was one of the near last employees hired by NetGravity before DoubleClick acquired us. I'm pretty sure I was hired maybe six months before the acquisition of NetGravity by DoubleClick. And then, as they say, the rest is history. And I was at DoubleClick for just shy of nine years through all the ups and downs, you know, the, the uh, 02 recession and dot-com crash. I was there, you know, through taking us private as well. JMI Equity and Hellman and Friedman took us private. And then I left about a year before the Google acquisition of DoubleClick. And that's how I got into the space. I feel like a lot of the industry leaders today really started at, at DoubleClick. I've seen, I've been, you know, snooping around while I click, you know, LinkedIn and I see people's job histories and I click DoubleClick and I see kind of where it leads me. And then I look at all the industry kind of CEOs, founders, uh, executive leadership team. And it, it seems like so many people in our industry who who now have, I guess, the, the, the latest and greatest ad tech type company or, or lead them started at DoubleClick. So it's, it's pretty cool to see how over the years, you know, a sales engineer runs IAB Tech Lab and how other people that worked at that company now have their own startups or, or companies. I, I think you can trace the, the, the joke in the industry is, you know, it's known, we're known as the DoubleClick Mafia. And I think there's been a big diaspora that came out of DoubleClick. You know, Right Media was born out of DoubleClick alumni. Beeswax, Ari Paparo. I mean, Ari and I used to sit next to each other at DoubleClick. Um, that's another one. Rocket Fuel, Richard Frankel, like Richard was actually a gravity executive. I mean, there's so many companies that were born out of double clickers that, you know, stayed in the industry and moved on to advance the ecosystem over the years. So a lot of, a lot of companies, can, you know, there's the PayPal mafia and I think there's also the double click mafia. Right. So it's, it's pretty incredible to see. I mean, obviously that spun out into so many other companies you've worked out over the years, Nexstar, Media Math, Double Click, also Rubicon, Magnite. What are, what are some of the biggest, I guess, highlights or, or milestones in, in, your, in your career that you feel you're really proud of? It's a great question. This is your time to shine, Tony. Oh, yeah. Uh, highlights. <laughs> Taking DoubleClick from a waterfall product development approach to an agile methodology. I mean, you know, DoubleClick at its height you know, had near, near 1,000 engineers between onshore and offshore engineers, about 1,000 engineers. I want to say close to 30, 40 product managers. And we were very much a traditional waterfall shop. And so introducing 
agile and to double click and, and successfully executing on that transition is something I'm definitely very, very proud of. I mean, agile, you know, I think agile nowadays is, you know, I think people take it for granted and it's kind of all the rage, but I mean, gosh, back in 2000 and I want to say 2005, 2004, when, when I started, you know, the double click engineering team down that road, it was such a foreign concept um, that people had to get comfortable with so much. So we even brought in some of the original inventors of Apple development to present and consult to the leadership team at DoubleClick and, you know, they acquiesced and we moved forward and adopted it. I think the great success. So that was definitely a proud moment of mine. I think some other, other big moments were launching what was, what was then known as the MediaMath Terminal One platform. May she rest in peace. Well, I guess now it's in Philly. Getting that out the door, you know, I, I was brought in to, you know, actually get that launch, get the bidders built, get the interface done and worked with a really great, great group of folks at the original media math. And so getting terminal one launch, I think was definitely a highlight of my career. I think some other areas were, you know, being part of the Rubicon projects and, and preparing, you know, working and preparing them for their IPO, just having public company experience, you know, particularly being at double click and, you know, Unfortunately, having to go through Sarbanes-Oxley uh, preparation, um, going public, but definitely being part of the pre-IPO crew at, uh, well, now Magnite, but formerly known as Rubicon Project. That was certainly a career highlight I'm proud of. Those, I think, are, are, some, are some things that definitely stand out in my mind. And I think more recently, I just think the, I think the Tech Lab gig, frankly, maybe the best job I've ever had in the industry. I'm proud of the work that We've done in my, you know, I'm just shy of two and a half years there. I started in August of 2021. And I just think the pace at which Tech Lab is moving now, you know, candidly, I think Tech Lab prior to me joining was, you know, somewhat dinged occasionally for being a fast follower, kind of catching up to the industry. And I really wanted Tech Lab to lead and have a perspective on where the ecosystem's going and lead the industry to where we believe the, the ecosystem's going. We can course correct as needed. But um, I think just accelerating our product development cycles, our standards development cycles at the tech lab and launching, you know, key things like the global privacy platform, getting TCF2 out the door, seller defined audiences, which, you know, is, is, is not really incredibly well adopted, but I still think it's future forward. And I think seller defined audiences will have its day, you know, data clearroom standards, things of that nature. I think the work that we've done at tech lab to support and grow the industry is something that I'm particularly proud of. And the team, you know, I'm surrounded by an incredible team at the Tech Lab. I mean, I don't think they get enough credit for the work that they do and, and the determination and professionalism and the grit that they exhibit every day to get the work out the door. And I'm supported by a phenomenal board. I've got one of the best boards in the industry. They're vocal, they're opinionated, they're deeply technical. They don't hesitate to speak up. And I love that. So those, I think, are some of the, some of the career highlights. I, I mean, I, you, you touch on so much, everything from, you know, moving to agile, obviously working with a company that goes public, turning around the IAB tech lab from more of maybe a, a reactive type of company into more of a leading type of initiative and in, in standardization across the industry. And those are all huge milestones and huge steps and challenges. I've never experienced the going public part myself. But I know that even just working in the industry, I'm, I'm hearing a lot more from the IAB Tech Lab. I'm seeing a lot more, especially over the last couple of years. So it's nice to have that type of 
company or organization that's saying, look, this, this is the direction we should be moving in. These are the standards that we should have across the board. And, and we recommend you all implement and, and follow the process for the better of the industry. So I'm a huge supporter of what you've been doing. I'm also a big fan of Angie's. Um, I think she's incredible. And I'd love to see just the industry following the same path and the same guidance to standardize various practices across the board. I, I appreciate that. And, and Angie, shout out to Angie. She is she is fantastic. She works over over at the IAB, but she's definitely a key partner with with the tech lab. You know, she deeply immerses herself in the tech lab work. And what's nice about that is that she can facilitate IAB tech lab, you know, evangelization education over on the IAB side. You know, she deals a lot with the business constituents of our industry. Tech lab deals with, you know, your your engineering product, ad operations, data scientists. You know, that's the side of the industry we typically work with. So Angie's been a great partner and bridge to the business side. And then in terms of our standards adoption, well, you know, our standards are, are, are adopted based on their merit and their, the value they bring to the industry. We're not, the tech lab is not the internet police. We can't force adoption. But, you know, if, you know, if there's a standard that demonstrates that merit, then the, the industry will certainly adopt it. But I do think tech labs remit really is to lead the industry to be ahead of the industry and not necessarily be a fast follower of the industry. And I've, I've done my best to instill that in the team. And I think, I think they've responded to that really well. You know, what are some of the challenges that happen with that? Because obviously, you know, getting the word out, justifying those standards, it takes a, a ton of work, right? Once, once you've figured it out, is it more collaborative with companies and, and people in the industry and working together to launch it? Or is it more, you know, we believe this is the right way. Let's go out and educate and explain why. What's the IAB Tech Lab's kind of process around that? It's both. Everything that the Tech Lab develops is done in a working group fashion. There's nothing that the Tech Lab does that is behind any sort of closed door. You know, the working groups are the ones which is comprised of our membership across the globe. The working groups are the ones that actually develop the spec. They develop the best practices or guidelines. They develop the frameworks. Our product leads show and create the path of what needs to be developed and the working groups do the work. So. The fact that the working groups are involved in creating these things often facilitates adoption because you know they wouldn't be involved in the working group or drafting. You know, there's kind of this organic adoption that occurs out of a lot of our work because the companies that effectively wrote the spec, you know, will certainly facilitate adoption. So that's one. the The flip side is education and evangelization, particularly on in two areas on the buy side explicitly getting agencies and their brands to understand the business value of the specifications that we we launch, whether it is going to improve advertising efficacy, you know, streamline workflows. So, you know, media planners and buyers can go home at a decent hour um, is part of it. And then the other part is just educating the business side of the industry overall. You know, I, I think if you talk to many technical or operations executives in the ecosystem, I think they have a pretty decent understanding of what the tech lab does and the value of different specifications we release to the market. However, I think if you have that same conversation with a CRO or a CFO or a CEO of a media company or a brand or even an agency or even some ad tech companies, they're probably not as familiar with our work and don't understand the business value. And I think that's an area where tech lab still needs to improve. That's, that's work we still need to do is translating 
our work to business benefit to all constituents in the industry because ultimately the business side is what will drive adoption. So for example, we saw that in the open measurement SDK that was released in 2018. Mark Pritchard got on stage at ID ALM in Florida and, you know, issued an edict about viewability and the need to standardize that measurement. And viewability will be a key metric that will inform how P&G spends its dollars. Well, voila, I think within nine months or less, viewability was quote unquote stalled. And then we released the open measurement SDK to normalize and standardize viewability metrics across multiple screens. You know, that's now deployed across 3 billion devices globally. We've got about 150 companies that have adopted the open measurement SDK, largely because the buy side understood the business value of having normalized viewability metrics across multiple screens. And so they demanded it. It went into their RFIs and RFPs and the industry adopted it. So those are the two. That's why I say it's really both. Like, so there's, there's just this, there's this kind of organic adoption that happens with our specifications due to the nature of how they're developed. And then there is companies understanding the business benefit. And we need to educate the industry on what the business benefit is to help drive adoption. It's funny you say that. It's, it, it was a very similar conversation with Brian O'Kelly, who, who I just recorded with. He had mentioned the same. He said, you know, seeing your carbon footprint is different. Understanding the value of doing that is, is important. And most people understand the importance of taking care of our earth. He said it's leading by both kind of an innate feeling to take care of the world that we're going to live in and raise our children in, but there's also a huge business element to it and a big technical element to it. So being able to provide a solution that is both beneficial to both sides of the business needs a lot of buy-in. So you need buy-in from the business side of the team and you need buy-in from the technical side of the team. And so being able to do that by having someone stand up and say, look, this is an important piece to our business moving forward. We suggest you implement this is really the driver. So I love seeing the buy side and really kind of pushing new initiatives forward. So, so the industry itself can benefit. Yeah. Now I think, I think a lot of, I think, look, the buy side is the tail that wags the dog, you know, the dog being this industry. There's no question. I've, I've said throughout the years, not even really jokingly, I'm like, there's a little bit of P and G in everybody's paycheck. Right. That is true. That is so true. For me, I feel like everything is in service of, of the marketer. The ones who have the dollar, we're the ones who, who need to service them. So you're either, you know, catering to the actual marketer themselves or you're, you're catering to the user experience. It's finding that healthy balance of driving valuable advertising for marketers, but then also balancing out for good user experience for consumers on the publisher side or, or on the sell side. So I think it's really important to, to get buy-in. Where do you feel things are heading for 2024? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> where are things headed? I think the industry, I think the digital ad economy globally has never faced so many watershed moments. And it's part of it's it's one of the reasons, one of the driving factors of why I took the job at the at the tech lab. Because I feel like we're kind of in the center of this maelstrom of, you know, challenges and opportunities. So I mean, the obvious ones are, you know, privacy and identity and addressability. You can't talk about any one of those things without talking about the other two. And I think we are at myriad crossroads, whether it be regulations across the globe, whether it be the machinations of big tech, Apple and Google's Chrome and, and Android. So I think, you know, the industry has really been pushing hard to adapt 
to what's happening in the addressability component of our ecosystem. So I think that's been a big, that's been a focus of 2023. I think that focus is only going to become heightened and frankly, more challenging in 2024. No secret that CTV continues to experience explosive growth. That's kind of a captain obvious statement. But I think measurement and, you know, cross environment TV currency is, is an utter mess. And I think frankly, to the detriment of growth of the CTV channels, you know, the fact that there is no real clear standardization around currency or measurement in the CTV ecosystem, I think actually prohibits growth there. So that's, that's another area that um, I think will remain at the forefront of the industry. It's certainly been a focus in 2023. I think it'll be a, a focus of 2024. Sustainability, to your point about what Brian's doing at Scope 3 and others like Sadara and Impact Plus and, and Good Loot, I think sustainability will become... I think we're just in the beginning of the sustainability discussion within the industry. I think that's going to accelerate over the next several years, particularly as governments, you know, Europe leading the pack, no surprise, around actually um, holding companies accountable around their carbon footprints. So I think that will start to come to light over the next several years. But 2023 is, you know, I, I think a lot of these themes extend into 2024. Measurement's going to become more difficult with signal loss in 2024. I think the privacy sandbox is going to suck the air out of the room in the industry in 2024. The industry is woefully unprepared, uninformed. I think there are real challenges around the privacy sandbox in terms of the use cases it does not support, which I think is going to be a big challenge, tremendous challenge for the industry. And then the, you know, ongoing adaptation to regulatory compliance. I think we will finally start to see some form of case law or precedent set by some of the state AGs. Maybe it's Connecticut, maybe it's California, but I do, I do think we will actually start to see some litigation in the area of, of privacy in 2024 in the U S. Um, so, you know, the industry, I think there's a lot of either conscious or subconscious anxiety in the industry about all of these things. Again, and, some of these represent great opportunity like CTV and some of these represent real existential challenges for the ecosystem like identity and addressability. And how do we, how do we deliver a more private internet while still maintaining the value of addressability that it's, you know, it's represented for the last 25 years and it's created great advertising utility for brands which is part of what's funded the rise of the internet. And I really believe that. Like, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say advertising keeps the internet free, but I would certainly, you know, say that advertising subsidizes a pretty healthy chunk of all the digital entertainment, digital services, investigative journalism, news, like that is heavily ad supported. And I, I fear that where we're headed could impede that, um, which could impede innovation and growth of the open web. So many changes. Uh, it's it's been constant, you know. As you mentioned, between privacy, between standardization, between regulation, it's endless, and it's really hard to keep track of what is on the horizon and and what is going to be a standard, or whether this is just kind of a buzz thing that's flying by our heads, and, and we need to kind of pay attention, but not necessarily act on it yet. It's constant. How do you personally? keep track of what's going on. I'm sure IAB Tech Lab has their own kind of process or documentation or, or, or source, but I'd love to share with the people how, how they could potentially keep up to date with any future changes that might 
help them steer their companies or, or their careers in the right way? Great question. It, it comes from our vision for the industry or our vision. You know, we just, we just finalized our 2024 roadmap and budget, basically our 2024 strategic plan, how our plan is informed or how our strategy is informed. And another thing that I've instituted within the tech lab is, you know, I want the tech lab. So our product leads, I want the entire organization. Don't think about just 2024. Don't think about the year ahead. I want us to think three and five years out because, you know, I think some of these things like improved measurements and, and perhaps some unified measurement frameworks in television is, you know, that's a five-year initiative. Privacy is going to play out over the next five to 10 years. The transition from linear audiences and advertising budgets to streaming environments is going to play out over the next decade. So we need to think three, five, and in some cases, 10 years out. So how we are informed of those trends or how we see those trends come from our board. Again, as I mentioned, we have a very highly intelligent deeply technical, heavily operationally focused board. If anyone ever wanted to get a primer on like how this ecosystem works in the weeds, like just come talk to any of the tech lab board and you will get schooled on how this industry works at, you know, fundamental technical and at operational levels. So part of it's the board, part of it's our general membership. Myriad initiatives are you know, kind of ignited or spurred on by just general membership or, you know, a member will bring something to a working group and nominate it for standards work or best practices work. So a lot of it comes from our general members. If you're a tech lab member, you can bring, you know, anything that you think is relevant to the industry to a working group. And then the working group effectively votes on it. You know, they, they prioritize it, you know, they vote on it and saying, you know, is this a top priority or not? And, you know, it's effectively triage. That's part of it. Um, look, the other IABs, IBUS, you know, in, 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 between Angie and, and David Cohen and Cheryl and, you know, the, the rest of the IV team, you know, they're bringing, you know, what they're seeing from the business side in the industry. They'll bring those things to the tech lab. Their centers of excellence often inform us. Regional IDs around the globe, you know, IB UK, you know, has, has brought some things to us. IB Europe, you know, the, the TCF is a key partnership with IB Europe. You know, the recently released DSA V1 for the, you know, to support the Digital Services Act, which will be enforceable February 17th, 2024. That comes from IAD Europe. So it comes from, again, sounds like a cop and answer. It comes from everywhere. It's just, we have a mechanism internally by which, you know, we process, you know, it really comes into the team. And again, we're 22 people. It's not, it's not like the tech lab is an unwieldy, you know, hundred person or a thousand person organization. We're 22 folks. So we, we discuss these things as a team weekly. So we're constantly looking at what's being brought in via all of these channels in an informal basis on a weekly basis. So that's really how it, how it all comes in. And, and a lot of it's also self-education. You know, I'm constantly out there speaking to the market, whether it's, you know, at an event or lunch or dinner or drink or breakfast or, you know, myself, Shaley Singh, who's our COO, you know, he's always, you know, he's at events. Hilly's fantastic. Jill Whitcop, you know, she's out there um, as well. I mean, Hillary Slaughter, I mean, the whole team, you know, they're, these are people that are proud of the work they do and they're immersed in the industry and they want to make the industry better. So, you know, that's another component is that the tech lab is out there learning the industry. So it comes in so many different ways. And I would say it's informal how it comes in. And I would say we have a quasi formal process by which we ingest that. 
and then prioritize it. And then, of course, you know, at the end of the day, those things are brought to our working groups. If there are ideas that we have as Tech Lab, you know, we will bring those to the working group and say, hey, we think this is a good initiative. What do you think? And the working group will say, great idea. Let's prioritize it. The working group will say, eh, not, not, a, not a huge priority. Maybe we defer it till 2025. And the same with the board. You know, the, the board, the Tech Lab board meets every quarter. I'm always updating on the industry and I'm always getting their feedback on where they see the industry going and what our priorities are. And they'll, you know, the, there are things that they'll deprioritize or reprioritize based on how they're seeing the industry. So it's a full mix. I mean, even just thinking about IAB Tech Lab and IAB, I mean, looking at the list of your members, it's basically the who's who of the industry is obviously involved. Everyone from Amazon Amagi and the A's to Cox Communication and the C's. I'm, I'm scrolling through it now and it's an endless list of people. But you guys also provide quite a bit of resources in terms of training and certification through IAB, which is also pretty incredible. I'd love to share anything you have, Tony. I'm always happy to obviously share what you guys are doing in market. I think it's really important that everybody stays up to date with what's coming up on the on the horizon. I love what you guys are doing, and, and Shales also is is an incredible person, and he's he's a friend and someone I message with often. So I'd love to have him on at some point uh, in the near future. Also, you know, if I were ever say you know I ha- had a right hand man or a, you know a key lieutenant, it's certainly. I would struggle to operate the IB Tech Lab without Shelly. I would struggle to operate the IB Tech Lab with, 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 you know, with the team. You know, Jill Woodcop is just absolutely outstanding. Rowena Lamb, you know, who's leading our privacy, you know, really our privacy frameworks. You know, Rowena came in last year, you know, I would say, you know, not really having deep knowledge in the area of privacy. You know, certainly had deep knowledge around ad tech, but I mean, I have been blown away by how she has just educated herself on, you know, the legislative issues around privacy and like, you know, how that manifests itself in technical frameworks. Rowena has I, just been absolutely I wouldn't have the patience amazing. to do that. No, she, no, that she's, I just, I no, no, so she has been fantastic. Like I, I'm, I'm blessed with a truly phenomenal team. And, and I know a lot, I know, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of leaders say that, but I, I, I tell them that as often as I can. They're outstanding. Well, Tony, that, that kind of ends the podcast for now. We've obviously heard your story from from FedEx to IAB, um, <laughs> which is pretty pretty amazing. Um, I love what you guys are doing, and, and I really appreciate you being here. I will reach out to Shaley. He is someone that I have on the list for having him on the podcast also. I'd love to hear his perspective. I think he's he's incredible. We will definitely keep in touch, and, and this is the end of our podcast today, and uh, I'll, I'll speak with you soon. Great. Thank you so much. Keep doing the work you're doing. I value it. I know the industry values it. So, so don't stop. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, yeah, I'm just riding the wave. Aren't we all? <laughs> just, I'll, I'll keep going until it just doesn't go anymore, Tony. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'll definitely speak to you soon. Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the AdTech Godpod, a podcast for the people about the people that make AdTech great. Stay connected with me for more insights, trends, and interviews in the realm of ad tech. Don't miss out on our latest updates. So follow me on X, Instagram, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Don't forget, ATG Slack community has insights, networking opportunities, and jobs. Keep the conversation going and stay at the forefront of ad tech innovation.